Tonight, I'm joined by Ewan Curry of the Sheepdogs. You know, when we started out, we were like three of us, you know, drinking beers and going out to see live music when we were 19. And we just kept going to shows and we didn't like the music. We were like, where are the bands that play the stuff that we like? You know, listening to like, you know, Zeppelin and the Stones and, and that kind of stuff. And then you'd go out and it would be punk and ska. And so we're like, well, maybe we'll start our own band and play kind of guitar riffs like we like. So it kind of came from just sort of filling a, a need, I guess. You know, I, I never think of it as like, I know it's like retro or whatever, but to me, it's just, that's the style that we like. It's a style of music from that time. And kind of like, you know, architecture, you know, when you talk about like mid-century modern design or like uh, art deco, like there's just these styles that are associated with a certain time and place. And I just think there's a lot of people that are like us that, like the style of that era of rock and roll, that kind of like 60s, 70s that contest to be the the first ever unsigned band to be on the cover of rolling stone magazine mm -hmm. i mean what what was that time like for you personally i mean of course you know you guys had been around for a while at that point um but to suddenly like end up on the cover of rolling stone i mean that's yeah. kind of moving up to a whole other level I know you Yeah, you got a great set, man. <laughs> Thanks very much, man. I appreciate your time. Uh, yeah, cheers, on, brother. Man. Thanks for having me on. No, no it's um, it's been it's been one that uh, we've been trying for a while. Me and uh, Talisa to try and get the 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 dates to align. So so it's uh, it's cool we can get you before you head out with um, Lark and Poe. Yeah, happy to be here. I'm looking forward to that. It's I'm getting on a plane tomorrow night, so tomorrow over to your side of the Atlantic. Mm. Yeah, we're heading to Oslo. That's a cool start. That's going to be a good one, man. So I'm here with uh, Ewan of the Sheepdogs. Thank you very much for joining me. Cheers, buddy. I like to, uh, <laughs> uh, I like to start off, uh, you know, by taking a look at the early years of a musician. So take me back to kind of how things uh, began for you. What, what was that? That first kind of moment that kind of made you want to become a musician? Sure. My dad was a musician, um, more classical and jazz side of things. So I was familiar with music and it wasn't like this mysterious thing that I, you know, couldn't get into because I knew that he was a musician, but hmm. uh, really like as a kid in the nineties, like guitar bands were still kind of on top of the world. You know, it was like a kind of a grunge type of era. Um, but I was also listening to, um, older bands like, you know, Creedence Clearwater Revival and, and Stevie Wonder and, and that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I always was very into like, I was like a kid with a Walkman listening to tapes, taping songs off the radio, making my own mixed tapes. Um, I didn't really get my hands on a guitar until I was a teenager. So it took a while. I was playing like piano and clarinet, which I knew wasn't exactly going to be my future. So. Um, did you, I mean, you spoke a little bit about a couple of bands there. Did you have 
And I think everybody growing up has that that first band that's like, you know, this is my band, the one that they really connect with. Did you have one in particular? Yeah, for me, it was, uh, funnily enough, it was Chicago, the band Chicago, like a uh, horn rock seven piece band. Because I played clarinet and yeah. uh, so like, I was, you know, I kind of like jazz and stuff, but like I wanted to rock. So, but when you're playing a horn and you want to rock, there's not a lot of bands that really cater to you. So Chicago were kind of like the one band that made sense um, until I eventually picked up guitar. But I love Chicago. They kind of also influenced the Sheepdogs because they have lots of uh, segues, like their songs flow from one to the next. Um, and they have these like suites of songs. And we've kind of done a lot of that with our records. But from there, it was like, you know, I just was all over the Beatles catalog. Uh, my my buddy's older brother had a box set of all the Led Zeppelin albums. That's uh, so why I stole that for like a month and crushed that. Um, you know, blues rock and, and rock and roll and 70s rock. Mm. But like, I love soul music. and But it all kind of started like Chicago were kind of the gateway for me to kind of get out of like the contemporary late 90s and start looking back at like, the old style because that was once i got into that i couldn't get out of it and i still haven't gotten out of it mm. um of course you know the sheepdogs has that that clear kind of embrace of this kind of full retro feel sonically and aesthetically was this something that you kind of was aiming for from day one or is this something that you just kind of accidentally fell into because i mean you have quite a clear identity on, on who you are yeah i think it was accidentally on purpose to use that phrase you know <laughs> like uh you know when we started out we were like three of us you know drinking beers and going out to see live music when we were 19 and we just kept going to shows and we didn't like the music we were like where are the bands that play the stuff that we like you know we'd, we'd come from you'd be at home drinking beers listening to like you know zeppelin and the stones and, and that kind of stuff and then you'd go out and it would be punk and ska and uh metal and and just that kind of stuff so we're like well maybe we'll start our own band and play kind of guitar riffs like we like so it kind of came from just sort of filling a, a need i guess and then we kind of we always knew that that was the kind of stuff that we wanted to do and you know i i, I never think of it as like i know it's like retro or whatever but to mm -hmm. me it's just that's the style that we like it's a style of music from that time and kind of like you know architecture you know, when you talk about like mid-century modern design or like uh, art deco, like there's just these styles that are associated with a certain time and place. And I just think there's a lot of people that are like us that like the style of that era of rock and roll, that kind of like 60s, 70s vibe. Um, I feel that, you know, the, I mean, I feel the the band's kind of breakthrough moment was winning that that contest to be the, the first ever unsigned band to be on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine. Mm -hmm. I mean, what what was that time like for you personally? I mean, of course, you know, you guys had been around for a while at that point, um, but to suddenly, like, end up on the cover of Rolling Stone, I mean, that's yeah. kind of moving up to a whole other level. It must have been surreal. It was a very strange year. Yeah, we... Uh... I mean, we were doing these weird, you know, contests, you know, making content. It was sort of the early days of creating content for the internet because um, it was a very much like an internet-based comp um, competition. So we're through the week, we'd be in New York City doing all these jumping through hoops, and then we would go off on the weekends to play shows to try and make some money. 
Um, so we traveled a ton. We were didn't sleep much. We partied a lot. And it was really good because it just put us in front of tons of people. And that's kind of what we needed. Um, we definitely grew a lot. But it was a very crazy year and uh, very stressful also. But, um, you know, would I do it again? Absolutely. Like, it was just very much needed because, you know, we're a band that come from the middle of nowhere. Um, and it was very difficult for us to generate kind of publicity or get interest in our band. So it was uh, definitely a boom. Mm. I mean, you mentioned there that you kind of, you you guys have kind of come from the middle of nowhere. To go from that to being on the cover of one of, well, arguably the biggest kind of music magazine out there. I mean, when when you got that presented in front of you, did you kind of have this moment where you're like, you know, this is this is happening now? Like, did you feel about that kind of- <laughs> like fifteen seconds? Because like I had to go do something else, you know. We didn't really have a lot of time. Like I got to the end of that year. Mm. I think our last show of the year was December twentieth, and and then I just went to San Francisco for the the holidays because I just I didn't even go home for Christmas because I was so burnt out and I just kind of like had to go do something else. um, Yeah, it was a very strange year. Um, But you know, when you get an opportunity to really like take a leap like that, you got to take it. So it was, I, I've kind of like been reflecting over the years, but at the same mm-hmm. time, everyone kind of said, you know, did you reflect on it that much? It's like, no, cause I was trying to like, make sure that this turned into a career and it wasn't just like, well, we made the cover Yeah, yeah. job done. I'll just kick back. So of course, uh, jumping forward to where we are now, um, uh, your latest uh, album out of sight, uh, it's your seventh uh, studio album um when you were putting this yeah. together were, were you looking to kind of approach this album any differently compared to your previous releases whether that be you know in the writing or, or recording process um it was kind of the least thought out process you know lead up or during otherwise it was made during the, the end sort of the last year of the pandemic and so it was like all that stuff of like you know you're not allowed to do this or that or we kept making plans to do things and then the rules would change, you know, depending on what the government was saying. So we, we, we made so many plans that we kept scrapping. And so eventually we just said, all right, let's just like record some music. So we did a couple of songs. It went pretty good. We did a couple more. We did a couple more and kind of without even really overthinking it, we all, all of a sudden we had like 12 or 13 songs. So we just, it was really not thought out at all. It was just very kind of chill and, we just set up in the studio and just I would kind of throw an idea out there and more low key. And I think that's exactly what we need. One of my kind of personal uh, favorite tracks on the record, a standout for me, um, is uh, Find the Truth. Uh, could you talk a bit about that song and kind of how it came about? Yeah, it's like I had the riff or sorry, the like the refrain, Find the Truth in my head, both musically and uh lyrically i think it was just like i was thinking about living in this very online time and people always talking about like disinformation fake news um certainly covid was a real like banner time for you know people questioning what is real and all that kind of stuff so i think that idea was just kind of running through my head and then uh like musically 
I was like kind of thinking of something in like a Steely Dan meets Thin Lizzy vibe when I kind of was thinking about that that harmonized guitar riff. And I was kind of just driving around in my car one day when it came to me, and I was like, okay, great, I got this riff that'll go with that song. And um, but I guess like you know the idea of like the truth, like my truth is maybe it's it's rock and roll, like that's what I believe in because uh, it's the best thing in the world. So. Um, you know, corny response, but it's it's true. Man. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Um, of course, you know, like throughout the record and and um, a lot of a lot of your prior works as well, you always have this kind of very, I don't know, kind of upbeat, kind of feel good vibe. Is this kind of um something that you always kind of want to include in there that you want to kind of put in your records? I mean, I feel you're kind of a feel good band. I think so. Yeah, I, I'm a. I like, um, I think when we started the band, we kind of thought, I I was like kind of bummed out and depressed at the time. And, and I wanted to sort of like, I liked listening to music that lifted me up and made me feel good. Like mm-hmm. I remember driving around in my car and I had um, a little Discman that I would connect into these little battery operated speakers because my stereo got stolen. So I didn't have a stereo. It was part of a real <laughs> bad time for me but I had this terrible discman plugged into these little battery speakers and I would just listen to um, the kinks, something else by the kinks. And I would listen to Creedence Clearwater Bible's first record, which I think is just self-titled. And those two records just made me, they would cheer me up. So I always, you know, that connection to rock music that made me feel good, made me feel strong and confident. I wanted to be that for other people too. I love that, that vibe and, so when people come and tell me, you know, if I record gotten through something tough or whatever, I, it means a lot to me because, like, I love that. Like, it's that's what good rock and roll music should do. Mm. Um, at the time of this uh, release, you'll be uh, just about to go out with uh, Larkin Poe. Um, of course, you've just released that uh, that joint cover of The Chain by Fleetwood Mac. Um, it feels like you guys have kind of had a bit of a instant kind of a connection a bit of a gelling like you've joined you gelled quite well on that did you feel that kind of vibe as well i'm glad you think so i've never met them so i've met them yet uh, yeah (laughs) in the spirit of of internet collabs i've not met them so we're flying over pretty soon here and then we're going to meet them in oslo for the first show but Mm. i'm looking forward to it they're they're a really good band um and i like i like their music and very cool vibe. So I'd love to do more with them, but uh, looking forward to just meeting them in person. I think, mm. uh, yeah, I like their slide guitar vibe and and great singing. Was there a particular choice, um, like a particular reason behind uh, going for the chain? Was that that collab? I think it was their idea. Yeah, we just kind of followed suit. They kind of sent it mm. to us, and we just kind of filled in the cracks. Mm. But it's, I mean, it's a classic, uh, you know, male female duet. Mm. when you you know when you go out playing live do you have a a particular song that you kind of look forward to doing i mean maybe one for for newcomers to to look out for uh well we play a song called nobody which i love it's just got a real kind of chugging easy going vibe it mm. kind of maybe my favorite song that we do but also um we, we're doing this newer song from our last record it's called scarborough street fight um here in here in Canada, we have a lot of the same place names as you guys have in the yeah. in England, right? Because we're your offshoot or whatever, your offspring. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, Scarborough Street Fight, it's just a real, like I say this complimentary, mm-hmm. in a complimentary kind of way. It's a real dumb banger and uh, just nice meat and potatoes rock riff. But it's it's so fun to play live. It's a real, a lot of guitars soloing and it's real fiery and i think it's it's become a real crowd favorite over the last year so i'm really looking forward to playing that and i'm kind of like thinking in my mind you know we used to end the set list with nobody maybe we ended with this scarborough street fight uh, mm. we're gonna mix it up a bit i can't wait mm. um a question i was like to to finish on that ask every guest um it's a bit of a hypothetical one uh, if you could tour with one band from the past and one band from the present, who would they be? Of course, you know, over the years you've toured with, uh, well, gigged with a few kind of amazing bands and artists. You know, John Fogerty was one of them, I believe. Um, yeah. My hero. That must have been cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it was wild. You know, he's like a, a guy that I've just grown up listening to basically since I was like seven years old. So to meet the man was was intimidating but very ins- inspirational uh okay band from the past and a band from the present a lot uh, okay from people struggle <laughs> yeah well right off the bat i there's a guy the guy i most want to see play live these days is a guy from england james hunter do you know that guy i've heard of his name but i can't say i'm completely familiar the James Hunter Six. He's like a. He's a real like kind of soul R and B singer. Um, man, he has an incredible voice and just great vibe. And I've been dying to see him, but it just hasn't worked out because I keep looking at his shows and I'll have shows that somewhere else. And anyway, James Hunter Six. I'd love to watch that guy sing every night. He kind of sounds like Ray Charles, and it's it's insane. Um, from the past. Mm-hmm. It's a really good question. Uh, I'm tempted to say, like somebody like the Allman Brothers or or like Crosby, Stills and Nash, but I, I'm I'm gonna go with Thin Lizzy because I feel like Thin Lizzy were never like quite at the superstar level in terms of like selling out like arenas or or any of that kind of thing. And I think that always meant that they were like, I felt like they always had to kind of like prove themselves like their lineups kept changing but if you know if you listen to their lot you know live and dangerous record they're an incredible live band and i think you just and they were always opening for acts like bob seeger and Mm. you know the stones and various other bands so i think they're always like proving themselves and i think that's really inspirational because uh i don't know just when you see a band kill it just makes you want to go out and do better and it's like having a good band open for you mm. makes you want to play better because you see them getting the crowd fired up and you're kind of like, Oh, I see how it is. I'm going to go and show you, you know, who the headliner is. So I hope that we can be that band for Larkin Poe. I, th- I hope we get the crowd fired up and, and then they come out and, and knock them down. Mm. Do you feel kind of thin Lizzy's that, that reason for that dual guitar? I mean, I hear that, that kind of a, uh that joint thing that you have in, in a lot of your songs. Yeah. Finn Lizzie, the Almond brothers. Um, I mean, the Beatles have a bunch of songs where they do it too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm just a sucker for it. I mean, I think the almonds are the one we get the most, but Finn Lizzie definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a beautiful sound when you hear 
vocal harmony or guitar harmony and uh, it's not that hard to do like bands could be doing it but i love that it's kind of become one of our calling cards and i hope it always is hmm. um of course uh, for those that want to catch uh, the sheepdogs on tour with larkin poe across europe and in the uk for the select dates uh, that being bristol glasgow manchester and london um you can grab a ticket via the link in the description below um thank you very much for joining me Ewan. And, thanks for uh, having me sorry about my stupid <laughs> wi-fi bullshit here. no no it's been cool man